Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Black woman. Beautiful. Powerful. Resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So... We created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How has your week been? It's been good, right? It's been good. We're flowing. As you guys know, I started seeing patients at in Atlanta, Georgia, where I am division director of MFM there. So um, things are up and moving. So I'm excited about this new phase of my life. And Atlanta so far has been pretty good to me. So I cannot complain. Harrison is now, you know, he was sick last week. He's doing much better this week. My mom is doing much better. She still has this little cough, y'all. Even after the Z-Pack, she still has a, a, a cough. I keep telling her she needs to get that checked out and get an X-ray. I think she might have pneumonia that's not well treated. But who am I? You know, I'm just a doctor. Your parents don't want to listen, whatever. But, uh, but you know, honestly, things have been going really well. Um, I think that, Janine, we didn't do vision boards this year. And so I feel a void there that needs to be filled. So I think that maybe this weekend I'm going to put some goals on paper and really think through what I really want to accomplish this 2023 and try to be really intentional, you know, try to be really intentional about setting my goals and being positive and getting through this, you know, transition period of, in my life. So that's how my week has been. And I, I, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm starting to get my routine going, get my flow going. So, hey, I can't complain. So how's your week been, Jenny? Um, It was good, right? So the week started off with some last week. Last week was MLK Day, right? Yeah, it was. So the week started off with some community service. So I, if y'all listen to this podcast for over a year, um, we hope y'all been listening from the beginning. And if you... Just trying to eat the mic, apparently. Um, we hope that you all have been listening from the beginning. But if you haven't, we hope that you've gone back to catch up. And if you have and you've been a good little listener, I'm just playing, y'all. But if you have, you would know that, you know, at the beginning of the, the year, every MLK Day, we do some community service. So this year, like last year, I did the mentoring and I met some really amazing students, like really amazing students that kind of made me second guess how 
you know, ambitious I was in college. I was like, whew. I mean, they're doing some amazing things and they're literally still in college. So super amazing. That was an awesome experience. I always love like, you know, talking to the next generation just because, you know, I had people that talked to me and also I, there are conversations that I wish I had had that I didn't, that no one told me. So one of the things I found myself stressing was something that I, as you all know, still struggle with. And that's like, you know, time management and how much time you give to work versus how much time you give to your home and all of that, like figuring it all out. So I struggle with that, but it was one of the things that came up in conversation multiple times and I didn't bring it up. It was something that they brought up. So the fact that they're even thinking in that vein at, you know, college age, I was super impressed. So that was awesome. And then I rounded out the week with a wives conference that I went to that I was texting you from Nicole, like, Hey, I'm going to give this person your number because they're asking a bunch of questions. So the wives conference was about, it was, um, Christianity based, right? So it was by, and I'll put the information because people probably will ask. Um, but it was essentially about like how to be a good wife and really how to, you know, face the struggles that you face as a wife. Right. So there was everything from like, you know, regaining intimacy to like, you know, how to be a confident wife, which my mentor, Cheryl Jackson taught. Um, but there, there were a whole bunch of like really awesome seminars and they all weren't about like, you know, they, they all weren't as a uh, PG, I shall say. So it was really fun. It was really fun. But one of the things that I kept texting Nicole about for you all, so that you all know, was there were a lot of questions about women's health that, you know, people didn't really have the answers to. So I shared Nicole's information with one person. And this is, you know, one of the things that I like about these kinds of conferences. One person had a question. I shared Nicole's information with one person. And then by the end of the conference, like, five to 10 people had asked me for Nicole's information because I was then known as the girl who has the friend that's the MFM. So um, it was super awesome and super helpful. And I, one of the things that it kind of reinforced the reason why we do this podcast, because a lot of times it's really about the conversations that we don't have, right? Like if you're going through something, nine times out of 10, someone that you know is going through the same thing. So if we just opened up that dialogue, it would be super helpful so that people are not all having to learn the hard way. Like we, y'all, we can learn from other people's experiences without having to experience them ourselves. So super, super helpful, super, super insightful. I would love it if she, it, it, the conference is done by Gail Crowder and I would love it if she did it again in, you know, six months, but she typically does it annually. And, you know, it, it just reinforced that like, you know, we need to have more conversations because everything doesn't need to be work, 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 and figure out how to take care of the kids and your husband and blah, 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 blah on your own. Somebody's probably already going through something that you've gone through and they can probably give you a, bit of advice that will help you go get through it easier. So that's what my week was like. I actually took time for me. I took off on Friday from work and spent the two days at the conference. So it was super, super awesome. And it felt great to know that everybody doesn't have this together like they make it appear. We all trying to figure it out. You know, you know, uh, Janine, I think that women, especially professional women that are balancing a whole bunch of stuff, we really should say at least once a year, we're going to go to a women's conference, right? Whether that's a women's Christian conference or whether that's just like a conference on work-life balance, like we should be 
going to a conference with like-minded people who are grinding and amazing in their own right and who can suggest things to one another. Like, hey, this is how I handle dealing with my career, my husband, or this is how I handle making time for myself and making time for little Timmy that I have to put to bed every night at 7, 30, 8 o'clock. Because there are resources out there that I might not have tapped into, but that you may know about, Janine, or somebody you know that's at the conference may know about and may choose to share that. Plus, most of these conferences have amazing speakers that can share what they did. And you may think, ah, that's the mistake they made that they're sharing that I should not make, or that's how they got through it. Maybe I should try it that way. So um, so I think that we should have more conversations. People think, you know, you put this your Instagram face on, and I said it, your Instagram face on, because Instagram will make you think that everything is peachy, right? And I say that, and, and Facebook is even worse, right? Because our age of people, I know Janine likes Instagram, but when you talk about people in their mid-40s, they're on Facebook, right? They're, those are the Facebook crew of moms, professionals that are juggling a lot of stuff. They're not posting a whole bunch, you know, but they're sharing pictures of their families, right? Their little groups with their family and their friends and everything looks amazing, right? They're posting their holiday pictures on Instagram and Facebook and they have the perfect marriage and they got two and a half kids, you know, and a dog. And you think, man, that sister got it together. Meanwhile, I, I I left the kitchen dirty last night and went to bed and barely fed myself. But you're not realizing they're doing the same thing. Like they're just putting it together and putting it out there uh, better. Like we all are. We put out what we want people to see. But we're not perfect. None of us are. And we could really thrive and survive off of uh, the advice of one another. So. Thanks for giving us insight about that conference, Johnny. Yeah, maybe next year we'll both go. Well, I would definitely love to come because I do need to make sure I'm going to some women's conference. Um, the last women's conference I went to was pre-pandemic. It was the Woman Thou Art Loose conference. And I had, a, I had a good time, you know, I had a really good time at that. That's when I wanted to like just reset my faith in God and things like that. It was a, it's a great motivator when you're encircled with other women that are like-minded, even if it's not a faith-based conference. Um, so yeah, I definitely will check uh, check out that conference because it's it's due time. It's been three years. I know I asked you how you're doing, but you know, we got to ask our listeners, how y'all doing this week? I hope that y'all have caught up on the podcast. Y'all are listening. We love that y'all are sharing. Continue to share us with your friends. If we have gone through something and it can help someone else, that's the whole point of us doing this podcast. Not because we just like to hear each other talk, because we can do that on the phone. All right, y'all. So y'all ready for Janine to tell us what what she has on our timeline? <laughs> okay, so our favorite gremlin, Candace Owens, she is on our timeline again. Now, my favorite, please understand that I am being... Super sarcastic. Uh, you know, I'm indifferent to Candace Owens. And I hate that we give her even this much time. Like, I don't want to give her the slightest bit of attention. But she, this like latest rant that she's had is actually kind of shining a light on a much larger issue that seems to be becoming more prevalent. So we're going to chat about it today. So 
We know Candace Owens to be anti-black. She is the black woman who has made a name for herself by trolling black people and black culture. We've talked about her before, right? If you want to go back, we had an episode about her trying to attack Cardi B. And she's done a whole bunch of other things. Like, you know, she just is nuts. The th- I think the last big thing that she did prior to this particular instance was standing with Kanye with the White Lives Matter shirts. Like, she's just, you know, she's out there. So if you didn't know that she was a self-hating Black woman, you would probably think, based on her views, that she's a misogynistic white supremacist, which, I mean, technically she is. She's just not white. So Candace has added some new tricks to her repertoire, right? So she's not just not just anti-Black anymore. She doesn't just spew this anti-Black rhetoric. She's also now spewing anti-woman rhetoric. We can't be any more self-hating than this. You're a Black woman and you like to spew anti-Black and anti-woman rhetoric. But, you know, I I digress. So we're kind of used to this. Like, remember when I just talked about her in her situation with Cardi B? But that was kind of more slut-shaming to me, right? Like, that was kind of more along the lines of saying, you know, women should act in a certain way and, you know, to be a respectable woman. It wasn't really anti-woman. It was more well, yeah, it was anti-woman, but I'm trying. I was trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. Then now she's just gone full-on anti-woman. This time she's decided to further this women's regulation agenda that the that the Republicans have set forth. Right. So now, Nicole, I know that you know what I'm talking about, but I'm sure that our listeners are probably asking, like, what does she do now? Y'all, we were asking the exact same thing, like. Why is she back on the timeline? Why do we give this girl this much attention? So on her show, on the Daily Wire, I think it's called, she posed a question. And it was a pretty simple question. She said, women in the workplace. And proceeded to say, are we a distraction? Do you guys think that we're a distraction? That's pretty much how she asked it. And then she goes on to say that the more she thought about the question that she was asking, the more she said to herself, well, yeah, kind of. We are kind of a distraction. Now, before we take this train of thought all the way back to 1800s, I would like to say, or I would like to place this disclaimer here. We are sharing the story. We do not agree with her views. We're just sharing the story because there's a much bigger issue that she's illuminating here. So she goes on to say that, you know, basically justify her opinion by by continuing to ask her viewers about, you know, what their thoughts are. Right. And then she says essentially that. We're a full on distraction and says it in this manner. She said things have gotten worse since women joined the workforce. She did interject and say for a brief moment that. She, you know, this radical rant wasn't about her making an argument that women shouldn't be in the workplace, even though, you know, that's pretty much what she's saying. And she said they shouldn't necessarily be relegated to the household. That's not her point. What she was really asking was, are we a distraction in the workplace? Not saying that we should leave the workplace, but just questioning if we're distracting the men who run the workplace. Yes, it's confusing, but 
This is what she's saying. She then basically says that there are landmines everywhere for men. So, um, you know, they have to think about when women are in the workforce, they have to think about things like what they should say. If it's okay to say something, they have to be careful. They, they have to ask themselves, should they speak to a particular person or should they just not say anything to a woman? Can they even tell her if she looks nice today? You know, is what a man is going to say going to be deemed inappropriate? Then she takes a jab at the Me Too movement by saying, especially post Me Too era, forget it. Like, basically, she just was like, post Me Too era, men can't say anything. Basically, suggesting that men just keep their mouth shut and not speak to women at all. But then she also says that doing that could be seen as negative. So she just goes on and on. And she is, in my opinion, overly empathetic for the plight of men in the workplace. I mean, she says she can't even imagine the internal dialogue that men must have at all times in the workplace. Like they're somehow put upon because women are in the workplace. Not to mention we've been there now for decades. So how are you still having to have this internal dialogue? I mean, the only thing I can think of is you were super inappropriate before and your behavior was so ingrained into you who you were that you can't break these negative habits. So now all of a sudden you're put upon because you have to be mindful of what you're saying. How about we just be mindful of what we say to one another, regardless of the gender? I mean, just a thought, but let me go back to what she's doing. So then she goes on to give this bogus anecdote about her Christmas party, right? Her company Christmas party. So first of all, she didn't even attend the company Christmas party, but she says that she heard it was dry. Then she thought like, well, why is it dry? And she's saying, basically, Christmas parties are now dry. You know, the one opportunity that you get to get drunk and inappropriate with your coworkers you don't have that anymore because companies don't want to take that risk because, you know, people are all so offended because men just can't figure out what the appropriate thing to say to women is. Okay, let's level set here. So Candace Owens at her job says that women are distractions in the workplace. Yes, that's exactly how this happened. Now, women have been in the workforce since the 1800s. And if we're being really honest, black women have always been a major part of the workforce since slavery. Okay, but that's not what we're talking about. That's not important per usual. Her concern is more about the white man and the struggle of the white man and the, the struggle that we are putting onto the white male by adding women to the workforce. And Women haven't been in the workforce long enough for men to have figured out how to have some modicum of self-control long enough to be professional at work. Like, we're not even asking you to be professional 24 hours a day. We're just asking you to be professional the eight hours or, you know, 10, 12 hours that you're at work. Is it that hard for men to refrain from sexually harassing or sexually harassing women or being inappropriate towards them? I mean, God forbid that they actually have to think about what they're saying before it comes out of their mouths. That's what she's saying. So poor men, right? Like poor men. But let's not think about all of the many things that women have to think about just stepping out of their home. Are they being safe? Do they have to worry about if somebody's following them? What does it, what does their attire say about them? These are all of the things that we have to consider, right? Like 
in the workforce, very specifically, we have to consider, we have to be mindful of, are we being too forceful? Are we being too meek? Are we being too opinionated? We have to be mindful of what we say to men to make sure that we don't offend them too much so that now we are somehow, you know, hindering our career. Like, we have to maintain this delicate balance between assimilation and authenticity. But somehow the man is the one that is put upon. So why is this important? Well, Candace said this, and she basically said that she wasn't supporting women not being in the workplace. She's basically giving the supporting argument for women not being in the workplace for some other people who really do believe that women in the workplace should be regulated, right? And regulated for all different reasons. But more specifically, let's focus on some government rules that were passed in the same vein. While it's almost unreal that we're actually talking about this in 2023, actually is a real topic of discussion. So this really happened, Nicole, in Missouri, right? So Missouri, the Republicans passed a dress code for women in the House of Representatives saying that arms must be covered with blazers. So, of course, it didn't it wasn't just brought up and passed because, I mean, we are in 2023 and this could not be any more of a sexist dress code rule. So after some back and forth, it it was deemed that, you know, it could be blazers, cardigans, or even jackets as the second layer. But women have to wear a second layer. So, Nicole, we really have lawmakers that are out here focusing on regulating the attire of women rather than focusing on regulating the laws that they were actually elected to regulate. Started off with them regulating our bodies and, you know, what we could do with our reproductive rights. And now we've gotten so minuscule to be monitoring what we put on and whether our arms are covered or not. My question is this. Do you have such low self-control that you cannot see an arm? We all have arms, right? Okay. Maybe it's me. It sounds crazy to me. Maybe it's just me. So while it may seem something that's happened, you know, over there in Missouri. Like, I think we really should be mindful of this and pay attention because more and more of these kinds of like little rules here and these little laws here are regulating and determining what takes place. So in an effort to not like take us back to prehistoric times, it seems that we really need to be cognizant. Like yesterday it was let's overturn Roe v. Wade. Today it's like we have to put wear a certain attire. It's absolutely ludicrous. Are we making equal rules like this for men? Or are we taking it back to the man's world that Candace was referring to in her rant? So for me, I don't want to say shocked, but I'm most alarmed, I would say, by the fact that we're absolving men essentially of any responsibility and also giving them complete control over our bodies and the things that we wear. It is really disturbing to me. But Maybe it's just me. What do you think, Nicole? I think that there has always been a double standard in society for women. And it's not even surprising that men still think that for some reason it's women, although we're the victims of the harassment, we're the reason. And so we need to change what we do and how we dress. Um, I think that that is ridiculous, but it's not surprising that men think that. And as much as we want to say, you know, 
equal rights and, you know, every women do everything that men can do and we should have the same rights and all this. There's still a double standard for women in the society. And the workforce is still dominated by men, unfortunately. The thing that's sort of shocking is that Candace Owens, being a black woman, would have the audacity to open her mouth and say anything dealing with it being a woman's fault that men are distracted in the workplace. Okay. You know, initially I was watching her interview, uh, well, watching her um, video, and I was like, who gave her a mic? Who gave her a mic and time to sit and talk about whatever she wanted to? Apparently, people did. But I think she tries to keep herself relevant by saying like things for like shock value, right? So for me, this is what she was doing. She was trying to be viral. She was like, what can I say to get the attention of the masses so that I can go viral? And we all know that attention is attention. Even if it's negative attention and negative publicity, it's still getting you views. People are following you to see what you're going to say next. And she's done a very good job in her career of making people angry. And because of that, people have followed her just to see what other stupid stuff is going to spew from her mouth. And this is one of those things. Now, she had a little bit of a point. Because she says, you know, are women a distraction? Well, she thought about it and maybe, yeah. But it's not because it's a woman's fault. And she did not articulate that well enough if that's what she was thinking, which I doubt she was. I think she was trying to blame it on women. But what she should have said was, yeah, we're a distraction because men are so simple-minded that they always have, you know, your rear end, your breast on their mind, okay? Anything you show that shows your figure even a little bit, they have it on your mind. Even if you're dressed in a muumuu, they still gonna have it on their mind, okay? Men are sexual beings. And because of that, their mind can their minds can tend to wonder. And if that's a distraction, that's a distraction. Now, I would beg to differ that it's not just women in the workplace a distraction. They can be working with all men like they used to do way back in the day and still be talking about women in the workplace and that be deemed a distraction as well. So, ladies, we can't even get a break, you know. And for these Republicans, and which state was this? Was this Missouri? What state was that that wanted to? Missouri. And want us to cover up. You know, there's no dress code for a man. And we know that their pants are getting a little bit tighter and the prints are starting to show. And nobody's saying anything about that, okay? How that's a distraction because we're able to contain ourselves as women, right? But you want us to cover up and wear long sleeves while we're serving? And the caveat is it can't be a sweater. Has to be a suit top, jacket, blazer. Really? You want to regulate that much, but you don't say that the man's has to be a blazer and can't be a sweater, just the woman's. Y'all, the double standard that's going on here is ridiculous. And we're in 2023 and we still have to say, hey, that comment that you made is sexist. It's misogynistic. We still have to point out the obvious, y'all. We've come a long way, but we got to still continue to constantly educate people 
And when we have a woman, a black woman, that is so stupid in her comments and doesn't understand how to utilize her platform to benefit women, that's a shame. It sets us back a little bit. But again, she trying to she trying to make money. She's trying to go viral. She don't care. Yeah, but Nicole, I think that not to defend her in any way, shape, or form, so please be clear that that's not what I'm doing. I think that there is something to say for, you know, the fact that men do have to have this internal dialogue. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't have the internal dialogue. I'm saying that they should because we have to have a constant internal dialogue, right? Like we have to figure out how to navigate situations so that we don't appear too angry. We don't appear to be too passive. We don't appear to, you know, try to be stepping on someone's toes. Like we have to have that constant internal dialogue in the workplace. So why all of a sudden is it a problem when men have to second guess the way that they're thinking for something that they should know better for. We take sexual harassment training, and I know that you have to take this too, Nicole, but like when we take it, it just seems like common sense to me, right? So if the sexual harassment training seems common sense, it seems to be, it seems that it should be like second nature. So really, what are y'all thinking about? Not y'all, our listeners, but like men, like what are y'all really thinking about though? Like when you say things that are inappropriate, what are you thinking? Like, really, what are you thinking about? You can tell a woman that she looks nice without it being harassing. I think at this point in 2023, we should know that we should keep our hands to ourselves. We shouldn't feel comfortable enough with one another that we talk about sexual things at work, right? Like you have to understand that like all of this that we're kind of saying that men are struggling with now, it should be common sense. So what exactly is the issue then? Why are we distracting? Are we distracting? Or have we busted up the good old boys club and now all of a sudden it's, well, we can't say it that they busted up the good old boys club, so we're just going to say that they're a distraction. Because that's what it feels like to me. Because I'm not a distraction to my, my male coworkers. And if I'm a distraction, then you are pretty weak in my mind. Well... We are busting it up. We busting it up with skirts on and stilettos. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm here for it. And I love it. All right, Janine, are you ready for our first letter from our listeners? Yep, let's do it. All right. So the first letter who comes from uh, a a fellow uh, listener, Tammy, who is busting up the, the good old boys club, says, Nicole and Janine, I'm a petroleum engineer. Get it, girl. Which is a pretty male-dominated profession. Not only am I only one of three black engineers at my company, but I am the only woman of any ethnicity in the company. Before I was promoted within the company, things were challenging because people would say little comments here and there, like asking me why I decided to do a, quote, man's job, end quote. I usually dress pretty professional in slacks or a suit. One day, one of the more senior engineers pulled me to the side and told me I should consider wearing more pants suits instead of dress suits because my, quote, femininity, end quote, might be a distraction for some of our junior engineers. I thought to myself, so now I can't be jazzy at work? Now, my skirts are knee length, sometimes below. I make sure they aren't too tight. My tops are not revealing or cleavage showing. So I'm not sure why my business attire is being labeled a distraction. 
I told him thanks for the suggestion and moved on. Ladies, is it common for women to tone down their femininity in the workplace to please men? If so, in your opinion, I sure go about doing this. Tammy. Okay, Tammy. So as y'all know, I work in the sports industry. So yes, it is very common for women to tone down their femininity to adjust uh, to the standard that men have set. However, in 2023, it's much more common for us to bust up their idea of what we should look like and, you know, have our attire be self-expressive, right? I'm not telling you to do that, right? I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I am saying that you have to be mindful of what your work environment is and what you feel comfortable with, right? So I can tell you to go in there and bust it up, girl. I can tell you go in there and wear a skirt and have it be fitted and, you know, you know, unbutton a button or two and show a little cleavage. I can tell you all of that, but I don't work with you in the petroleum engineering field, right? So you have to do what you feel comfortable with. Now, should you be provoking change in your company? I think so. I think provoke the change, but change doesn't happen overnight. And sometimes being the change agent can backfire, right? And I'm not saying that it's negative, but you have to be willing to accept the consequences that may come along with you being the change agent. Now, should you veer away from being the change agent or shy away from being the change agent because you don't want the consequences? I wouldn't, but you know, I don't know what your situation is, right? Now, a couple of things. One, it seems like this was a suggestion. So if this was a suggestion, Take that suggestion with a grain of salt and keep it moving. If this was more like advice from, uh, you know, another engineer that's saying, hey, this could be something that could affect your job in the long run, you really have to then do some evaluation. But for me, I personally think that, you know, we're in a day and age where you can't really tell people what to wear and what not to wear. Now, the people are out here trying to do it, but you're not supposed to. As long as you're appropriately dressed for the job, if you're not appropriately dressed for the job, then you should really evaluate it. But it doesn't sound like that's what's happening. If you're appropriately dressed for the job, who cares what you have on? Girl, let me tell you this. They're going to talk about you whether you dress appropriately, whether you dress inappropriately, if you dress sexy, if you don't dress sexy, if you dress classy, don't dress classy. They're going to talk about you because you're in an environment that is predominantly male. And what we do as humans, and I'm not just going to pin this on men, is we like to point out the thing that's different. So for them, you are the thing that's different. Remember the song, one of these things is not like the other. You're different. Unfortunately, you're, you know, one of few. So they're going to pick on you. It's not fair. It's not right. But this is what happens because people are, people make themselves feel better by pointing out the one thing that they can point out and say, well, look, she is different than the rest of us. So let's focus the attention on her. Girl, if you don't keep wearing your skirts and your heels and looking jazzy and going to work, I don't know what else to tell you because what we're not about to do in 2023, Tammy, my suggestion is don't adjust to make them feel more comfortable. We already have to assimilate to a thousand other things. For this, girl, wear, wear your skirts, wear your skirt suits, wear your heels, wear it, whatever it is that you want to wear that's appropriate for work. And let those people have their opinions because they're going to have them anyway. What do you think, Nicole? So uh, a couple things you said, I was like, yep, yep, I agree. And 
first one was, it sounds like this was this person's opinion, right? And people have the right to their own opinion. And this person took you to the side. They didn't embarrass you. They didn't call you out in front of anybody. They just said, hey, listen, your femininity could be a distraction. So you might want to tone it down in a way that you don't wear skirt suits. Now, to me, it's a little extreme to say, don't wear any skirt. Wear all pants, right? Unless there's something going on that you don't know about, right? And so first thing I do when somebody offers me a suggestion is I check myself, right? Why did this person bring this up to me? Is it that I'm just looking fabulous and ain't nothing wrong with other people are jealous in the office or maybe they find me attractive, but am I dressed too tight? Am I showing cleavage? Is this too sexy for the workplace? And it seems like with her writing those comments in the letter, she sort of did that. She said, you know, my skirts are always kneeling. They're not too tight. I'm not showing any cleavage. So it seemed like she said, let me check myself first, right? So that's the first thing I would have done too. Check yourself. What what it, what is, what's going on? The second thing, you know, are you letting out any odors with the skirt on that you otherwise wouldn't be letting out with pants? Like, is there, you know, some other reason? Like, can somebody tell you on your cycle? When you don't tell them you're on your cycle, listen, we don't think about that. But as an OBGYN, I always go there because I'm big on hygiene when your cycle is on. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out why we can smell a vagina outside of our clothes. Listen, 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 Linda, Linda. Okay. But hold on though, Nicole, if you wearing a skirt and you can smell your vagina, if you wear pants, you could probably still like, why do, why? The air Why flows through there. The vagina. The air flows through there. And some people like to sit with the legs a little bit open to allow the, allow the air out. Okay. So if you can smell yourself, know that other people can smell you. If nobody's ever told you that, if you smell yourself, somebody else can smell you. Okay. They don't have to be right up on you to smell you, but they smell you. Okay. So some people may get too busy at work. If they're wearing a liner or a pad, they're not changing as frequently as you're supposed to. I know we're talking to grown women that should have good hygiene by this time. But I know everybody, I'm OBGYN, I know everybody don't have good hygiene. So that's why I'm saying it. When you go to the bathroom, if you're on your cycle, every time you go, you need to change your panty liner. If nobody's ever told you that, there it is. You should always have a new liner on, okay? Even if nothing's on the liner. You go to the bathroom, change the liner. Okay, freshen up. Tampons are not meant to be worn until you bleed through them. Okay. That leaves stains in your underwear, stains leave odor. All right. When you're on your cycle, carry an extra pair of underwear with you in your little in your little um toiletry bag. Oh, you're not carrying a toiletry bag? Okay. Your little bag should have toothpaste and a toothbrush, a little brush in it, liners just in case. Some tampons, dental floss in there too, and a little bit of feminine spray, okay? Deodorant. Most of the time we keep a little chapstick in there, maybe a little tube of lotion. Yeah, it's a pouch. It's like you wear your makeup pouch, you got your hygiene pouch. And you got to carry that thing. It should be somewhere. If you don't carry it every day, it should be in your drawer at work if you have one of those. Okay? If you're in school, in your locker, you know, you got to have your feminine hygiene pouch. Okay, in your glove compartment, if you somebody that run errands all the time, because sometimes you never know when you are going to sweat 
and you need to open one of them honey pot wipes or summer's eve wipe whatever you have and wipe it down because you can't just spray the over and over you gotta wipe clean it first and then spray okay that goes for the arm pips as well you can't just apply deodorant you gotta wipe clean first apply new deodorant i know i'm talking to grown women but listen everybody don't have the same hygiene as you may have okay so if that person is trying not to say, girl, I smell you, maybe you should wear pants because I don't smell you when you wear pants. You got to check all yourself. Don't just check if it's revealing or not. Okay. Your femininity can mean a lot. If your femininity means I can tell when you're on your cycle and the guys ain't on their cycles, that's a problem. Okay. So check yourself. Now, if you check yourself and you're like, listen, my little hygiene pouch is good. I'm smelling good. All my stuff is in check. I'm not too revealing. Then I agree. You take it as a suggestion and you move on. Okay. Realize that everybody is not going to have your same taste in outfits. And that's okay. As long as you're keeping it professional, that's all it means. Now, if you check yourself and you realize there's something that's going on when I'm wearing a skirt suit, then you got to change. Okay. Because there's some sexy pants suits too. So the fact that he's telling you not to wear skirts is why I went to the hygiene. Okay. But um, but I would take it as a, as a suggestion. And once you check yourself, if you feel like it's not, you've moved up in the company. So you obviously are advancing professionally. Take it as a suggestion and move on. It's unfortunate if he's saying this just because he thinks that you are sexier with that arm, but you're professional, then shame on him. But do some self-assessment first before you just say, how dare he? Assess yourself. Then say, okay, this is just a suggestion. Oh, girl, I think that you just came up with an episode for our uh, upcoming podcast. When When is uh, Feminine Hygiene Month? Whenever that is, we need to have an episode about that because we get a lot of questions about this. And I honestly kind of I don't want to say I, I when I see them, I kind of think that people are being facetious. But I kind of do because I feel like at this big age, we should know how to take care of our lady parts. But we'll we'll have to do an episode on on feminine hygiene because apparently that's a that's something that there are some people who could use a refresher on. No pun intended. Okay, Nicole. So my letter says, hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. Skipping the pleasantries as I'm writing this at work really quickly to get your advice about something that just happened. I work at a law firm as a paralegal, and we just got a new managing partner. Well, one of his first pieces of business was to tighten up the dress code. He just announced this in our firm-wide meeting. The dress code seems reasonable, with the exception of one thing. Women have to wear heels. Now, there is an exception for medical issues, but that is it. Now, I don't have any medical issues, but I'm six foot two, and I do not wear heels. I want to push back on this, but I don't want to affect my my job or my career trajectory ladies what are my options as i am not willing to wear heels signed sheila okay sheila um listen nobody is going to fire you for not wearing heels there are several reasons that you should not wear heels every day okay now as somebody that wears heels often and i am a heel wearer baby I know that I should not wear heels every day. They can hurt your ankles. They hurt your knees. They just wear and tear on your body. And so one, 
to find a comfortable pair of heels is is difficult. But to say you have to wear heels every day is ridiculous. You can be professional in flats and you work at a law firm, so they know what the word discrimination means. So if I were you, I would continue to dress professional. I would go to HR and say, listen, your dress code is discriminatory and I will not be wearing heels. And then I would let them tell you you had to and then sue them if they refuse to allow you to change your dress code. They're in the legal field. They should know better. They should know what's sexist and what's not. To say I have to be this, you know, prissy uh, paralegal with heels just so that I can please the male attorney is ridiculous. That's enough to, to file a claim by itself. You have that in writing, girl, go on and email some of your, your uh, attorney friends and ask them what their opinion will be on that and see if you have a case already with enough evidence to support it. Because that is ridiculous. I've never heard somebody demanding that you wear heels. What happens if you fall in the workplace with those heels on? Then it's their fault, right? Because they demanded that you wear them, right? Are they going to pay all your medical bills? Are they going to pay your leave and your time off? What are they going to do? I would ask those questions while I'm building a case to prove that they mandated that I wore the heels every day. But I wouldn't wear heels. I would dare them to fire me for not wearing the heels, especially being that I work, you work in the legal field. I would dare them. And as a paralegal, you do all the research anyway. You know all the discriminatory cases. Start collecting your case evidence. Put a file to the side and just wait until they do something so you have enough evidence to file a suit. That's what I would do. Sheila, I have a question. Is this a dress code that was put in place because of like lack of support of the dress code or is this like a mandate? And I'm asking because, you know, at my job, we have a suggested dress code, right? Like this is what we suggest. There are some things that are kind of... um can't wear like you know you can't wear like cutoffs and things like that like you have to be appropriate to work but they give you a suggestion of you know what would be appropriate attire is the portion that's about the heels worded as a suggestion like I would be interested to see how it's worded because I have a very difficult time grasping why a law firm would say you have to wear heels right like is that suggested attire but then you said there are some exceptions for medical issues, but that's it. So is it saying that you have to wear heels or they suggest you wear heels, but they'll take medical exceptions if you don't wear heels? Like, what is it saying, right? Like, or is it saying that you have to wear an appropriate shoe and they suggest heels and then they'll have like medical exceptions if you have to wear like sneakers, right? Like, I just would like to know more about how it's worded because, I mean, to Nicole's point, like you... I'm sure have done plenty of research on this or at least have access to the material that you need to research this. And you can deduce on your own that this is not legal. Like it's not a legal practice to force women to have to wear heels. Like maybe to say to have to wear a dress shoe, then sure, that's fine. But like men can wear dress shoes too, but they don't have to be heels to be a dress shoe. So I would be interested to know how this is worded, but girl, I wouldn't wear no heels either. I'm five foot nine and you know, I love a heel, but I, but we have already discussed what Janine's struggle is with heels. I have bad knees and a whole bunch of other things. And like, yeah, you might not have medical issues to say that you don't have to wear heels now, but you wear heels every day. I bet you, you will have medical issues that say that you can't wear heels. And like, I don't know how old you are, but like, you don't want to be 50 plus walking around, you know, looking crippled and crazy because you don't wear heels for this job over here. And then here's the thing, like, you know, I understand that you 
are concerned about your your career trajectory um as you wrote in your letter but here's here's what will catapult you to a, a whole nother level in legal field you sue your law firm and win over something like this girl you could probably get any job working at any law firm anywhere in the United States let's be real so let, let's not let's not feel like our career trajectory depends on us uh, you know wearing heels to work every day or you know following said dress code rule now I'm not saying bust up the dress code and not follow the dress code. But I am saying put on a hard shoe, but it don't need to be a heel, especially not at six foot two, girl. They're not going to notice whether you wear the heels or not anyway at, at six foot two. Like, come on now. Like that, they're, that's, that's ridiculous. It's ludicrous. Like move on girl, wear your good hard shoe and keep it moving. All right, Johnny. So what did you learn new this week? What I learned that according to the latest census statistics, 46.6% of the workforce is female in the United States. While that statistic has dropped a little since the pandemic, so it's gotten down to 46.6%, it was a little higher than that before, it's expected to rise over the next couple of decades because the majority of the population is made up of females. So, Good luck getting us out of the workforce. I know that's not what y'all are trying to do. At least that's what you claim. You really just want to regulate us in the workforce. But good luck on that too, because once we have the power and you all are the minority, things will look a little different. They'll be a little bit more accommodating. Maybe we'll have to think less and y'all will have to actually think a little. I digress. What did you learn new this week, Nicole? All right. So I learned that according to a Business Insider survey, 35% of women have been cautioned about their appearance, which was deemed as a distraction by their male counterparts. This is compared to only 9% of men that have been told that their attire was a distraction. Wait, what percentage? You said 30-some percent? 35% of women have been cautioned that their appearance was deemed a distraction by their male counterparts. A lot of people dream of world peace. I dream of that too. I dream of, you know, a place where kids can grow up and the ozone layer be, you know, reasonable so that we have four seasons. I dream of a lot of things. But if there was a world in which men had just a smidge of self-control, the world would be a better place. Like, you really have such low levels of self-control that you are distracted by attire? Like, y'all y'all all seen Dinesh before? Like, are you, like, really? This is what, we're, like, in 2023, really? I really am struggling with this because, honestly, like, why is what I wear a, a distraction? With all of the other things that that we as a society have become desensitized to, we can watch murder. We can watch, you know, people getting brutally beat. We can watch a whole bunch of other things, but you can't sit in a conference room and see, like, the general outline of a female's physique without being distracted i'm so confused i'm so confused but janine we're not going to say we're not going to say that about cleavage we're going to call it cleavage or breasts yes but i'm saying that you don't know what it is it could be butt it could be hips it could be anything that's distracting them right like 
that I'm saying that the, whatever the physique is of a woman could, I mean, in Missouri, it seems to be arms, right? Like it ain't, it's not even a disease, right? We're not going to say disease. We're going to say cleavage or breasts. We're going to say it's not even the breasts or the cleavage. It could be the arms in Missouri. It's, it's crazy, Nicole. Like if you really sit and think about it, like just think about it for two seconds. Me showing my arms is going to distract a man. Like really? So then I guess I shouldn't wear open toe shoes either. Like, I mean, how far that's the problem with opening up these kinds of this kind of dialogue. Like if now I have to cover my arms, like I can't wear open toe shoes either. Like it's just, it will get too far. And that, that at some point, you know, I saw an article that said that these things make you feel like you're going to the handmaid's tale. And really that's what it feels like. Should I just cover up and look like a nun? Does that help? Like we all just going to walk around in habits because we can do that. It seems insane to me. That's just my opinion. It seems insane. Listen, Johnny, I don't know about you, but my toes are sexy. They lickable, okay? <laughs> I gotta watch where I wear them out at. I mean, mine too, but at the same time, I should be able to wear open-toe shoes at work. Yeah. I can't, obviously, because it's a health hazard. Right. That's yeah. a reason, right? Like, if there's a legitimate reason, like, you know, our first friend, I think her name was Tammy at Petroleum Engineer. Like, yeah, you don't, you're not about to wear no open toe shoes, most likely. But again, I don't know. It's, it's disturbing. Like, and then we get into other fields. Like what happens if you work in like a, a, you know, a physical therapy place that has a water pool? Is the woman have to wear a whole long giant, like scuba suit because the men who work with her can't see her in a bathing suit? I mean, that's the danger of going down this path of regulating what women wear because at some point it's not going to like, it's not about, and I'm not even going to say at some point it's not about, and it's never been about what we have on. It's about how the men are responding to it, but somehow we still make it the fault of the woman. All right. The motivational moment. And it's from me. And I said, there will always be something. Okay. Especially if you're performing in excellence, now that means they'll start picking on the little things, even something as simple as the way you dress. Don't become timid or insecure. Face the scrutiny head on and then sashay throughout your day. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson-Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep, BWC. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks, then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.